0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Okay, so let's dive into our study for today. Now, I am going to let you know that there is so much material. I am going to be hopefully flowing like a fire hydrant. If you get wet, I'm sorry. I'll try to keep my spit wiped. No, that just sounds gross. I'm sorry. I'm going to be talking a lot, though. And fast, because we, we went way over first hour, and let's dive in. A lot of material to cover. Let's pray. Father God, give me the words you want me to share. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our ears to hear what you want us to hear. Your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Pierce through us, Lord Jesus help us to see your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Not a lot of time for intros. If you haven't been a part of our series, I encourage you to check out the podcast. Um, We've been about a month dealing with the topic of the Holy Spirit. It's a topic often neglected in today's church, and and yet we need it. Uh, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. But wait, you can't go until the Holy Spirit comes. The Father is going to send another. He's going to be your counselor. When he comes, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. That's what we're called to do. The church does not exist for the benefit of ourselves. We don't exist to build one day a big building with a family life center. How many of you grew up with the church with a big family life center? With your own sports leagues so your kids didn't have to get polluted by the world, right? We pull away and huddle to our own little shelters. Jesus put us in here to be salt in this world, light and darkness, not to pull away. That's That's our mission as a church, and I hope I'm not offending you. But if you're not here and ready to get in the game, then maybe you need to find a place where you can just chill and be comfortable. I hope that doesn't hurt. But we have a mission to accomplish. When you look at our world, there are far too many people who do not yet know Jesus. And Jesus was very clear. He had to live, and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came, and it came upon him. And the last three years of ministry, Jesus operated in mission, and now he passes the baton to us as the church to be his sent ones, to operate in the same power. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is here to live us and live through us and fill us. And I'm, I'm burdened because for far too long, this, this topic has divided the church. And We can't let it. The enemy wants that. Because if he can keep us arguing over these kind of issues, then we will not be fulfilling the mission that he has set out for us. So this morning, I'm going to first start in some, some area that may not make sense. Uh, but we have to see that I am not picking a side just because of my preferences there are sides when it comes to the Holy Spirit there are sides when it comes to many things we have many denominations in this world because of divisions over certain issues within the state of Virginia there are even two sides to the Southern Baptist Convention there's the Baptist General Convention and the Baptist Conservatives of Virginia. And we are duly aligned with both. What does that mean? We partner with both. We're supported by both. But one of the main divisions between those two branches of the same family is, is the Holy Spirit. And so I don't, I don't want to stand before you and just tell you my opinion. I want us to see what the Word of God says. And I want the Holy Spirit to show us truth. I want the Holy Spirit to to work through the Word that is alive and active. And I want our church to be led by the Word, not just by somebody who can get up here and eloquently, which would be better than what I can do, but can get up here and share with you well-thought-out opinions. That's not what I'm here to do. As I've been wrestling through this topic, I've been reading men and women who have written on this for years, who disagree with each other but are part of the same loving family. And at the end of each service, my hope is that you come back, but not, not, not that my hope is not that you like me or agree what I say, but is that we can agree to disagree at times, that we can stand firm on the essentials, and we can have grace in all other areas. So let's dive in. Hebrews chapter four is where I'm going to start this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And this is to establish a foundation that it's not my words that I'm trying to teach from. It's it's the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. What's happening here in the book of Hebrews is that there are a bunch of warnings going on. The first few chapters of Hebrews is your forefathers heard the word and neglected it. You've been hearing the word and you're neglecting it. You're ignoring it. You're despising it. You're resisting it. You need to stop doing that. 12, chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living. Circle that word if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible in your hands right now, I encourage you to raise your hand. Our ushers will bring one to you. If you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. Keep it. Mark it up. Devour God's word. For the word of God is living and active. It's not just words thrown down on a piece of paper thousands of years ago. This word is living and breathing here and now today. The word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Lord Jesus, I pray that your word comes alive as we listen this morning. The writer of Hebrews is echoing thoughts from different passages of scripture. In Psalm 95, David writes out and he says, He says over and over again, God, if there is something in my life, search my heart and know me. If there's any way in me that is not of you, expose it, reveal it. In Psalm 95, he says, if I hear your voice, please don't let me harden my heart. That's my prayer for us. That if we hear and when we hear and where we read and hear the word of God speak to us, the living, active word of God, that we would not harden our heart to it. If there are things you're going to hear today that seem confusing, Embrace it. Dive into it. If there are things you hear Pastor John saying, don't just take my word for it. Dig in and search the scriptures for God to reveal truth to you. And when you hear his voice, don't harden For far too long, many have done that. We have looked at the issue of, of the Holy Spirit and the things around the Spirit, and we've drawn lines. Acts seven thirty eight is the account of Stephen. Stephen was the first like leader of potlucks and churches. He's, he's uh, the church is growing in the Book of Acts and number people are coming and they need to eat. And the disciples are like, you know what? There's too much going on. There's too many issues. We need to study and pray and prepare to teach. And they appointed this group of men. Stephen was one of them. Please feed everyone. Stephen is chosen. There are things said about Stephen, and Stephen, while being uh, a great feeder of many, potluck leader, he is arrested for declaring boldly the truths of who God is while sharing food with people, and he's brought before the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the day, the very same people that arrested Jesus and put him through a mockery of a trial and hung him on a cross in our place, Stephen is brought before them, and they're like, Got to stop this nonsense. The things you're talking about aren't true. And Stephen looks at them and says, "You've hardened your hearts." And starting at creation, Genesis one one, up to the resurrection, the Holy Spirit empowers Stephen to be able to boldly declare. Stephen is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he boldly preaches the gospel. He tells these people how much God loves them, how much God has pursued them, how the one. They worshiped their forefathers, Moses being one of them. And in 738, Stephen says, you followed Moses, and Moses received the living oracles from God, the living words from God, and you have neglected them. Your hearts have been hardened. And First Peter, Peter is encouraging us. He says, you've been purified by the truth, therefore you should live and love loving on one another, and you've been born again from the seed of the living word. I have these notes for you in your scriptures. I encourage you to go back and read all these passages. I have them kind of jotted down because we don't have time to dig into them the way I want to today. Study them. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them to you. The living words of God were given to Moses. The living words of God were given to Peter. The living words of God were spoken of uh, in the book of Hebrews, in Isaiah 55, 11, Isaiah tells us that God says, My word will not return empty, but it will accomplish what it is sent out to do. The word of God is given to do the work of God through the spirit of God. And the spirit of God will come alive if we allow ourselves to get into this word. The spirit will speak to us through his word. It starts with the Word. Are you in it? I'm not just talking about a devotional today or looking at your coffee cup that has a nice one verse chosen. Are you getting in and devouring the Word of God so that it can devour us? This is where it starts. And the the, the things that I'm feeling led to share with you today come from the Word of God. If, if you ever hear me teach something, that does not line up in Scripture, I I tell you not to listen to it. If there's ever something that you hear from me that does not line up with your understanding of Scripture, please come to me. John, where where, where are you getting that? I want us to be people that search the Word, that know it. So when it comes to this topic of the Holy Spirit, providing issues that, that happen for various reasons. Imagine a, a, a big, I don't know the word, a line. And on this end, you have one extreme, and on that end, you have another extreme. When it comes to the idea and the teaching of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, there are extremes, and there are uh, there are with many issues. But in this particular issue, the topic of the Holy Spirit, on this end, for lack of knowing the exact right word to use, you have what I would what I'll just call hyper-charismaticism. Now, I'm not saying that being charismatic is 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 wrong or bad at all. I, I admire people filled with the Spirit, and I admire people filled with charisma. But on this far extreme end, within the church, we have those who separate themselves from the rest of the body of believers, and they would say statements like this, that if you are truly a child of God, if you are saved, then you will speak in tongues. And I don't see that in the Bible. They will say that if there is no tongues, if there are no supernatural Visible manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life, then there is no evidence, and therefore you are not a believer. That is not biblical, it's not in the Bible. On this far end over here, you have another view, and this view is that there at one time were miracles, miracles can still happen, but it's not normal, it's rare. God is powerful, he can do whatever he wants, but, but for all intents and purposes, the gifts have ceased. This is called cessationism. I think I have a definition for you. The one who is being quoted here, um, Tom Pennington, I, I love Tom Pennington, I love the way he teaches on many things. He holds to this view, and there are many one branch within the state of Virginia, the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, you have to agree with this statement to work for them. And it says, we mean, sensationism is this, we mean that the Spirit no longer sovereignly gives individual believers the miraculous spiritual gifts that are listed in the Scriptures and that were present in the first century church. It is neither the Spirit's plan nor His normal pattern to distribute miraculous spiritual gifts to Christians and churches today as he did in the time of the apostles, those gifts have ceased as normative with the apostles. They get this from a couple passages, the main one being 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. If you'll turn there with me, I want you to see for yourselves what's being said. First Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to actually start at verse 8. It says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes... Circle that phrase. When perfection comes, the imperfect will disappear. Those who are sensationists believe that that is the key verse. They believe that when the perfect came, and they believe it already came, that tongues and words of knowledge and prophecy ceased. They believe, cessationists believe, That what is being referred to here is the canon of scripture. That when the Bible was finally written, that we no longer needed prophecy. What is prophecy? The prophecy that is being referred to here by Paul is you all of a sudden becoming aware of something that you would not otherwise know. God has revealed something to you that is needed for the benefit, the encouragement, and the comfort of fellow believers. For the building up of the church. Sensationists believe that those words have ceased, that this is the only words of comfort we need. Now, this is the word of God, and we do need it. Where does Hope Hill stand? I feel like I just got off track and lost Are you tracking with me so far? Okay. Where I am feeling led, and where many of the leaders of our church, and if you're unaware of who our leadership is, we have a team that we call the Spiritual Leadership Team. On that team, we have four ordained pastors, and some of them are here in this service, and some are in uh, uh, the other service. And we have a group of people who who are feeling led to be considered a part of that team, and we're traveling together, we're journeying together, we're praying together regularly, we're studying the scriptures together on these kinds of issues. And where we are landing is the term continuism not cessationism, and not hyper-charismaticism, that's even the right word, we would call ourselves continuous. And what I mean by that is we believe that this phrase, when perfection comes, does not refer to the Bible. We believe that that phrase refers to the kingdom of God. When Jesus comes again, When perfection is here, when the kingdom is established, we will no longer need tongues. We will no longer need prophecy. We will no longer. There will be a time that those things will cease. But until Jesus comes and we see him face to face, we will still need those gifts. Where do we get that from? Let's continue reading. Verse 10, when perfection comes... The imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish ways. Now we see a poor reflection in the mirror, but then, when is the then? Track the then back to verse 10. Then is when perfection comes. Then we will see what? What? face-to-face. Now I know in part, but then I shall fully known even as I am fully known. I will know fully even as I am fully known. So I believe that clearly Scripture here teaches that the gifts are alive and active and we need them here today. The way that Jesus said, as the Spirit sent me, now I send you. Wait, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. We still need his power. Is the mission has the mission been accomplished? How many of you know someone who does not yet know Jesus? Three of you. Something wrong. In the book of Matthew it says, And the word of God will be preached to all nations and all tribes and all tongues. And then the end will come. There are thousands of people groups who do not yet even know the name of Jesus. And there are going to be times when there are people sent out on the mission field, not having studied their language, and all of a sudden their tongue is loosened by the Holy Spirit, and they are able to speak supernaturally the language of the people listening, and they will hear the word of God. It happened in Acts chapter 2 disciples were declaring the truths of God, and people from many different languages were all sitting there saying, how is it that these Galileans are speaking, but we're all hearing in our own language? That's one type of tongues. We're going to get into different types of tongues next week even more. I know I said we'd do that this week, but there was just too much ground to cover. Just ask the first hour. I kept them really long. In this passage, we see that tongues is not simply you being able to speak an unknown language, because in this area of tongues, a different kind of tongue that God is re- that Paul is referring to. Look at he. Uh, look at First Corinthians fourteen. I'm just going to read one on First Corinthians fourteen. Follow the way of love. He's just been talking about how love needs to be the foundation for everything, and in your love. Use your gifts. Follow the way of love. And eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Another teaching we'll have in a couple weeks is that every single person who is a believer in God, who has been transformed by God, has the Spirit living in him, and the Spirit comes and he gives you gifts. And if you as an individual, part of the body of Christ, are not using your gifts, the body is suffering. Not everybody's going to get the same gift. As it's taught over here, not everyone is gonna get the gift of tongues, and some of you even sitting here today, you 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 wouldn't want me to call you a person, but some of you believe that every believer can speak in the gift of tongues. And I don't I don't see that to be the case in scripture when I read scripture, and that's what I want to build our foundation on. But some of you do speak in speak in tongues. And I I want you to know that we need you. We need your gifts. Some of you have the gifts of prophecy. Some of you, you're not even sure what that is, uh, what I can tell the future. We'll get into that a little bit today and more later. Anybody here have the gift of lawn lawn work? (laughs) Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is... As Paul is talking about it in this passage, it's, it's the ability for you to all of a sudden know something you would. Did I already say this? I said it the first hour. It's all getting mixed. It's the ability for you to know something that you wouldn't otherwise know that is useful for you sharing with somebody else. It's not prophecy if, if you're not sharing it. For you to go up to someone and, and use that word of knowledge as a, as, a, as a way of encouraging, comforting, and building up others in the body. And some of you, you're sitting there and you get words, you get feelings like, man, I feel like I should share this with that person, but I don't want to offend them. You're quenching the spirit. God has given you something. He's laying something on your heart. Now, sometimes it may just be you. Sometimes that's the case. John Piper, I was reading and he was like, I believe in the gift of prophecy here today, meaning that some people would say prophecy ceased when the word of God came because we have it. But John Piper who's very conservative, who is, who is a, from the Baptist background. He said, somebody in my church that I dearly loved and respected, when my wife was pregnant, they came up to me, and out of a word of encouragement, they felt like they received a word of prophecy for our family to prepare us for a trial that was coming. And they came up to us and said, I believe that the child that you're about to have is going to be a girl yourself because she's going to die at a young age. And and, and he said this was somebody he deeply loved and respected, so he knew they wouldn't just come to them and share something to hurt them, but they really thought they were speaking what God wanted them to say. A couple months passed, and the child was born, and it was a boy. So right away got together with that person, the person was like, I just I really thought, that, I mean, as, as I kept praying about it, it seemed like God really wanted me to share that with you, and I thought it was from him. And so the encouragement here is that we're going to get more into instructions on how to use gifts in weeks to come, but the encouragement is that whenever using any of our gifts, we need to do it humbly. We need to do it with humility. We need to do it in a way that doesn't say, you know what? Thus says the Lord, or God told me to tell you this. Now, better do it, because it's from God. But instead, you know, as I was doing yard work the other day, you came to my mind and I felt this or I saw this, and I just want to share it with you, and I just ask that you pray with me about it to see if if it means anything, to see if, if, if this is true for you. That's a whole different approach. But it's still us stepping out and revealing to one another Words of encouragement, and prophecy is there to build up, not to tear down. I'm jumping around. I'm sorry, I don't want to do that. Especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. When I was a junior in high school, I was I was reading the Word of God for myself, trying to understand what I was reading. I was from a church who were cessationists. They didn't believe that the Spirit gifts we're here for today so i went to my youth pastor and i was like what are tongues of men and what what are what are what are tongues of angels paul says though i though i pray with tongues of angels and my youth pastor was quick to say oh that's when all of a sudden you can speak japanese i was like well why would god need me to speak japanese am i speaking to man or god it says here i do not speak to man but to god Talk to our senior pastor. There's something clearly different going on here. In Acts, the gift of tongues enabled men to hear in their own language. But here, Paul's referring to something else different. Though I pray, let me just read the words for you. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, he utters mysteries. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening and encouragement and their comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Not in a selfish way. Tongues are are necessary. They're needed. Or else God wouldn't give them to people. Paul goes on to say, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather that you prophesy. is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless there's an interpretation so that the church may be edified. And then from 8 to almost the end of the chapters, there's instructions on how to be careful uh, with how we use tongues. Again, because of time, I don't have time to get into it today, but I encourage you to read all of this. We are going to revisit all of it in the weeks to come. But what I want you to hear from me today is that I want us to be a body of believers that heavily stands on the word of God. And when there's something in here, we wouldn't ignore it. We wouldn't try to explain it away. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, turn there with me and we might bounce back to uh, 1 Corinthians 14. So put a placeholder there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 and following Paul says do not quench the spirit or in, in my passage it says do not put out the spirit's fire How do we do that? We're not more powerful than God. God is sovereign and he is all powerful. how do we we quench it? I believe that what Paul is trying to make clear and God is trying to let us know is that we can get in the way. We can stop the work of God in our own lives and and in our church by resisting what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Some versions say do not despise prophecies. But instead, test every Hold on to what is good and avoid what is evil. As a church, I don't want us to quench what the Holy Spirit's trying us to do. I don't know how do we do that. We we can resist it. You know that's kind of weird stuff. Let's just ignore that and stick to what we know is not so weird. We can neglect it. We can ignore it. But if we really truly want to see God use us to bring transformation in the world He has placed us. In, We need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, and the fullness of his gifts at work in us. Building up one another, sharing words of knowledge with one another, encouraging each other. And for those of you that have the gift of tongues, I do not. When I was a junior in high school, I prayed, God, help me understand what's going on here. Tongues that speak to God, not to man, over here, tongues and men are hearing what's going on? And I studied books that were given to me from my pastors and never figured it out about six months later after I kind of moved on and was just getting ready to go into ministry and go to Liberty. I was at a prayer meeting and at that prayer meeting we were doing, we did a Bible study had nothing to do with the Holy spirit or tongues or anything related. And at the end we were doing praise and worship and we were singing in between the English words, no one was around me. Nobody was praying over me. Nobody had hands laying on me. I was just in a room all by myself, and I'm singing English words. And at the end of an English phrase, all of a sudden, syllables came out of my mouth that weren't understandable. I love you, Jesus. Blah, blah, blah. blah. I I can't even repeat. I have no idea what I said. I had no control. All I know is that I, I was at a moment when I was in love with Jesus, excited about where he was leading me. We just had a great Bible study, and I'm praising Jesus, and all of a sudden my tongue is saying things that I'm not in control. Of. And it's never happened again. The only thing I walked away from that experience going was, Jesus, thank you for showing me that if this is something you want to have happen. I to say that it has ceased. And I stand before you to say that I I know some of this can get weird and uncomfortable. And I don't want to be afraid of it. Ah, where are we going? I don't know where God's leading us, to be honest. But I can promise you as we continue reading, and we'll look into it more next week, even, there was confusion in Always like, we got to be careful. If, if all of you are speaking in tongues and somebody who don't doesn't know Jesus comes in to your group and all, you all are like babbling, they're going to look at you and walk away going, these people are weird. And it's going to be confusing. So he says, you know, there, there's, we have to be careful. There needs to be interpretations at times. If you're speaking to the church, it should only happen if we need to avoid confusion. And he lays down some groundwork. It's one thing to be careful and to do things in humility. It's a completely different thing to say, nah, it's all done. I don't think the scriptures say it's done. Some of you here at times when we've had times of praying over people, I've had I've had people we've brought up to be prayed for. And some of you have, have the gift of tongues. You've come up here, and while other people are praying in English, some of you start praying in tongues, and I've had some of them come to me and say, Pastor John, what was that? And I want to apologize for it being eight years, and I've never talked about this. We're eight years old, by the way, as a church, for those of you who wonder what I mean. We want to be a place where we are grounded in the Word of God, where we are inviting the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do, and admitting that we. Over the next weeks, we'll, we'll talk more about the details behind some of this. But I want you to hear from me today. As a church, we want to embrace the gifts that are called sign gifts. And I'm not saying I, what I am saying is, I want us, each of us as individuals, to have whatever it is God wants us to have. And we know that the purpose of the gifts is what building up the body. And why does the body need to be built up? To glorify God. You can you guys can speak up, talk to me. does Christ want us to be more like him? What's our ultimate purpose? There are too many people in this world that don't yet know Jesus. We don't want to become a place that is just, we're going to sing in tongues and get all goose bumpy to make ourselves feel better. That's not what these gifts are for. Yes, we need to build each other up. We need to encourage each other. We need to use the gifts. They all are for the purpose of helping us to be the witnesses to take the truth of Jesus to those who do not yet know him. I don't know how else to say. Let's pray. Let's pray. As the worship team comes to close us in a song, they're going to sing a song that is new to us. Many of us don't know it. But I want you more than singing along. I want you to be praying. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then my challenge to you right now is to start praying for God to make us exactly who he wants us to be. For God to show you exactly what he wants to do through you. For you to be calling out to him and asking him, fill you with his spirit and to give you whatever spiritual gifts he wants you to have so that you can accomplish the mission that he has given to you and we're all on the same mission making jesus famous in this world so whether that's reaching across the aisle and finding a friend in this room to pray with or praying with your family sitting next to you right there during this song that is being sung I want us calling out to God, asking Him to have His work be done in us and through us. Let us be a people that is calling out to Him, asking Him to have His will done in us. And if you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, I'm not, I, I don't even know where I am with God. Am I hope this morning, your first step right now is just to surrender your heart to Jesus. The scriptures say that he loves you and that he would do anything for you and that he did. The scriptures tell us that out of his love for us, God sent his son to die for us in our place. And if you're here this morning and have never put your faith and trust and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and invite him into your life to be your savior and Lord. And the scriptures say that today is a day of salvation. Call out to him. Ask him to Ask him to come into your life and make you new. And at that point, the Holy Spirit will come in, and he'll begin to put pieces together that have fallen apart. He'll begin to bring hope and healing where it's needed. Your first step is surrendering to him and asking him to come in to be your Lord. For the rest of you who already know him as Lord, let's call out to him. Let's ask him to empower us so that we can fulfill the mission he set for us to accomplish. So, start praying with one another. Come to us if you want to pray about salvation, if you want to pray about something that you need to let go of so that the Holy Spirit can come in. Maybe there's something in your life that you know you're holding on to and therefore the Holy Spirit can't have freedom to move in your life and you need to let it go. Come, meet with one of us. For those of you that are here to pray with others today, I invite you to get up right now and just stand in the back of the room or on the sides or come to the front need prayer from one of us, move to them now and let us pray for you. During this time, I want to ask that a few people would go and pay for Pat and Pam. Pat's been in and out of the hospital several times the last month. Suffered from a stroke a week or two ago. Had some internal bleeding this week. We need to pray for God's healing in his life, and their life. So during this time, let's lift them both up you need prayer for healing, get up. Don't just text us and say, pray for us. Get up now and let us pray for you. If you need Jesus, come let one of us know. We want to pray that you receive him. Worship team, lead us. Let's pray for